The Table 40 Podcast with Matt and Leslie Holiday is presented by Sports Spectrum and the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more shows and stories on the intersection of sports and faith, check out sportsspectrum.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Table 40. Uh, today, our special guest is Anthony and Amanda Rendon. Uh, guys, we are excited to have you. Anthony, obviously an all-star third baseman, 2019 World Series champion, two-time silver slugger. I can't believe the career you had at Rice. I was looking up the numbers in college, <laughs> and your numbers at college were stupid. As a freshman, you hit 388 with 20 homers, and now that I'm coaching <laughs> college baseball and to imagine like one of our freshmen putting up those kind of numbers – it's pretty hard to fathom. So anyways, thank you guys for coming on. I know this is probably not the most opportune time that you're about to have twins in the next couple of days and you have two kids that are napping. <laughs> Thanks for making time for us. And no, it's all good. I've been off for so long. And so it's always one thing or another. And then the, the, opportunity, the opportunity that we actually do have to come on, she's about to push out these twins. So it's just crazy how life works. It's always hectic, so it's now or never. <laughs> I know, right? So wait, this is not anything we planned on talking about, but talk to me about delivering twins. I mean, you're a veteran now. You're about to oh. do this again. Third time, yeah. It's It'll be a new experience, though, because my first two were natural deliveries. And this time around, um, it's a month early that we have to go in for a C-section. So that'll be pretty interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah that will be wild. Okay, yeah. let's talk about your story. Matt and I've learned over the last, um, I don't know, I would say a couple months where we've gotten a little bit more comfortable with being podcast hosts that we love, we love <laughs> everyone's stories. It's really, really fun. So let's, let's just start off okay. with where you guys met. I'm so excited. Wait, I saw a picture on Instagram of you guys in high school. So this goes back a lot. <laughs> it depends how interesting you want the story to be. If you want a good one, you might want to hear it from me. All right, Anthony, let's hear it. Well, uh, my thought process behind it is way different. I think yeah. it panned out, or I guess it went along the lines way different than what she might think of. But, well, we ended up going to middle school and high school together, not knowing of each other in middle school. And then getting to high school, we have what was the uh, the tax testing, which is the Texas assessment of curriculum or whatever. And so they separate um, the students by last names. And so my own friend, don't her was Rodriguez. So we would always be in the same testing site. I think it was twice a year, I believe. Probably, yeah. Um, we would take the math and then we would take the reading later on in the year. So we had mutual friends, but we didn't talk to each other, I guess. Right. And so only through our friends at the testing in the testing classroom. And then finally, junior year, we had a class together, ironically, chemistry class, uh, junior year. And I showed up about. 10 minutes late to the class and he was late every day <laughs> <laughs> and uh I was like oh I know her it was an open seat next to her it was weird it was only uh like the long skinny tables as desks and then it was just two two seats so it was two person per day per, per table and uh sat next to her and then I just reeled her in slowly but surely oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> he claims he felt sorry for me but I was like there's other open tables you could have sat at <laughs> It was the closest one to the door. So did you guys go to the same college? We did not. I went to Houston Baptist. And it's oh. not far from Rice, but yeah. Yeah, just down the road. Where yeah. Lance is at now. Yeah. 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 So the Berkman, like it's, I mean, it's, you guys are all just Wait, covered with Houston Berkman Baptist, what's the, uh, what's the mascot? <laughs> it's a Husky. <laughs> so he has a belt. So we saw him at the, at the, at the 10 year reunion uh, for the Cardinal World Series. And he pulls his shirt up. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, no, look at my belt. And it was a, it was a husky. He has a husky braided belt that he's already like rocking. Embroidered. Yeah, embroidered yeah. husky belt. <laughs> I uh, think it's better than an owl, but that's my opinion. No wow. shit. <laughs> yeah, so you guys might have to catch some uh, husky baseball now that Lance has taken over. So I know. I, I actually saw him at the gym the other day uh, when I was doing my rehab and he was bringing, uh, I think, their their pitching coach in to kind of just go uh, go over with our trainer about uh, body position, whatever. And so he said he, that I'm, we're more than welcome to come over there and hang out. So 
He was at the gym. I'm sure he felt out of place. <laughs> he wasn't working out, I'm sure. He wasn't working out. He was so <laughs> yeah. our trainer that was our Ben Fairchild, he was educating the pitching coach on like arm <laughs> positioning and and basically uh a workout regime for their pitchers. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so y'all went to different colleges and did you date in college? We did. We did. There were some huge <laughs> gaps, some smaller <laughs> than others, a lot of bumps in the road, but I think, oh gosh, maybe was it a year or two after you left? But that's when it was like consistent after that. Uh kind of. We had a hiccup in yeah. 14 too though. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we were pretty much on and off for 10 years before uh we got married star our oldest wants to get in the picture now it's <laughs> great we understand um so let's talk about your faith tell me about you guys um your faith and and where that began and and kind of talk talk us through it you know your faith journey and what that looks like uh i think for me first obviously we, we grew up catholic as we both did um but it was more of a go to church every sunday uh kind of repent feel bad for yourself and then how do i stay out of hell basically uh there was no relationship with with christ at all and especially i think you can relate to being an athlete it was always based on performance and i think that's how a lot of people can relate it too so i uh, i always thought all right well i gave a dollar to the homeless guy you know you know through my parents window or you know i helped clean the dishes and i'm in good merit God now and he's gonna bless me by letting me hit two homers you know this week and then so I just carried that mindset all the way kind of pretty much through high school and then finally with Jake Baker during those Wednesday Bible studies I would go but I, I didn't realize that I didn't know anything about the Bible I never opened it up at all it was more of kind of a social aspect of going every Sunday from growing up and I just stayed quiet throughout the entire uh three years of going to school and listening but listening to jake and damon thames and uh joe hornberger who was on who was the head of rice fca there and slowly started to gain knowledge where i felt comfortable enough to start speaking up and then getting to dc get into that core group with ian desmond craig stammen laroche uh strauss was there at the time just hearing them go through kind of what real life situation was and like realizing that oh crap i'm going through that too but i was too prideful too prideful enough to actually admit it right and try to make a change for it so hearing those guys and how like family men family oriented they were and how like i looked up to them basically then they were open enough and they were showing vulnerability and so that kind of allowed me to let my guard down and open up a little bit more to finally pursue that stronger relationship with Christ and now just reading and try to pursue him on a daily basis. Definitely not perfect, but I think that's what's awesome about it is even like with marriage, no relationship is going to be perfect. Absolutely. What about you? Ironically, we both, did we both go to the same church? Yeah, <laughs> growing up, ironically, we did too. Yeah. Alex was always at the Spanish Pass. And he wasn't, but yeah. She's an English second language <laughs> student. <laughs> That's so I feel like I'm still like in the beginning stages that he's in now, but it's just, sorry, I got out of breath talking. <laughs> it's just getting out of that routine, like he said. Um, just having that mindset of being repetitive, just growing up Catholic, CCE. Oh gosh, pre-K through senior, senior year. year, yeah. And just trying not to be repetitive, finding that core group of friends who will, like, well, at Rice. Sorry, I feel like it's about to come up again. <laughs> she might be running Hold to on. the bathroom to go throw up. <laughs> oh, well, great. Oh, bless your heart. That's, that's tough. That's tough. All right. Yeah. Anthony, so, so when you, you talk about, like, it's funny because today we, we, we recorded a podcast with Cronenworth. And he talked about Craig Stammen as well, being a mentor to him. Was uh was it hard leaving the Nationals? Like, did that pull at you? That relationships you had, and and kind of that that bond that you had made with the Nationals and coming up through that organization. What was it like in in free agency, kind of figuring out where you were going to go and, mm -hmm. and all that? Talk me through that a little bit. Yeah, it was definitely tough to an extent, right? 
Um, so if I could have taken the players, the teammates, the the coaching staff, the medical staff, the strength staff, you know, we could have formed our own team. That would have been like the best case scenario, right? But I think that also challenged me too, looking back at it, that I grew not only, you know, as a man, you know, got married with the Nationals, we had kids and spiritually as well to where, all right, now it's almost like my time was done there. How can I go somewhere else? Where is, is Christ leading us? Where is God leading us to go to, to where now I can like try to be a Craig Stammen, you know, just to relate to it, right? Because I was still quiet in those early stages. And even, I was not really, I think like 17, 18, and 19, I really started to, to not necessarily lead in a study, but be more vocal, be more confident about, about how I felt where, where I was spiritually. And I could say it because I can, oh, I could quote a verse now or whatever it might be. And so our prayer for that through the whole like free agency process was, all right, well, where do you want us to go, right? Because if, if it doesn't be perfect system, perfect situation for us, then it's just going to be for us. It's going to be selfishly. Mm -hmm. So we're going to trust in him on wherever he wants to take us. And to be honest with you, we had California as the last spot in the world where we wanted to be. <laughs> And ironically, that's where we ended up being. And so we're just trying to see how he wants to use us through that now. That's awesome. So I, I guess my, as far as you and Amanda go, like what kinds of things are, are y'all doing now in California, like on your teams? Cause you're older and wiser mm -hmm. and you have a lot of experience. What, what, how are you investing in the younger guys on the team and the younger wives? Yeah, I think it's tough. It was, especially for us because 2020 was the pandemic oh, year, yeah. right? And so it was shortened. So we were just staying at the house for the entirety of, of the summer before the season started. And so she didn't know anybody on the welcome back on the team. So she hadn't she hadn't met anybody. I'm bad, guys. There wasn't any, you know, team function to where we can go hang out with. And then we had just had our second daughter in spring training uh, in February. So she wasn't in spring spring training either until later in spring training. Oh, this so she happened. couldn't really form any relationships <clears throat> with the wives. Um, and only uh, with, you know, Danny Espinosa played there. And so he had one number to give uh, his wife had one number to give her. Um, I think, but for us, it's more just trying to build a relationship, right? Um, I think with anything, it needs to be natural. It needs to be genuine. Uh, I think like for us, we didn't want to be the guy on the corner, you know, screaming out with a megaphone, you need Jesus or else you're going to die. You're going to burn in hell. Uh -huh. Like that's, that's going to turn people off. Yeah. And so how can we just build a relationship with somebody, show them that we care how we show them basically Christ's love to them without telling them that, Hey, I'm only like, I love you because I love Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's how we've just been approaching it now is we've had, you know, dinners, birthday parties at our house where we've invited younger, I've invited younger players. She's invited younger players and, uh, she's gotten to know some people in California outside of baseball, too, to where, you know, baseball has helped us make other relationships and people that we didn't even think that we would meet. Mm -hmm. And so now we're just trying to pour into them and just in a natural way, like we like to put it. That's good. I agree with you totally. I think building relationships and it's pretty easy to do in in baseball because all of us have very similar lives and our kids are normally about, you know, somewhat similar ages. We all move several times a year and um, we get it. And so I agree with you. That's the one thing, honestly, I missed the most um, after Matt quit playing was just the relationships that we were able to build over the course of his career. And, and y'all were, I mean, we're going back a little bit back to the nationals for a second, because it is, I mean, the playoffs are going on right now. And so, and you have a couple of former teammates that are, are playing right now for what the Dodgers yeah. For sure. And so I don't know. It's so exciting. Like I love, I love the playoffs. When Matt played for the Cardinals, we went an awful lot. And it's just such a fun time of year. But what's what sort of memories stand out to you guys like on that World Series team and that World Series run? I mean, that was we watched those games. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. It was just hectic. I think more hectic when we were in Houston. Yeah, it was just a little overwhelming, you know, with all the friends and family, like everybody wants to enjoy it with you, which is awesome. It's great. We're so glad 
that we could share that with everybody. But <clears throat> at the same time, at least for me, I felt like we couldn't really take a second sometimes, like fully embrace that moment because we were like just all over the place. Yeah. But I mean, it was a great experience. I'm glad we experienced it once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I care to again. It was great, honestly, but that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I think that's a good point is that, you know, playoffs, everything is so fast forward. Yeah. Um, because you need to be here at the right time. You need to be going to go to this gate. You need to go here. So, you know, you can meet somebody and they'll walk you to here or whatever it might be. And I feel like it's the same way with on the player's side, too. So I think for, for me, it's like we worry. All right. Well, I got to make sure that did a man get into the game. Yeah. Did they give the girls any crap? You know, did they check her diaper bag? You know, did they take her milk or whatever it might be? So these are the things that are running through my mind, maybe like during BP or after or after BP, when we're just sitting around in the clubhouse waiting for the game to start. And so. I think it was more anxiety yeah. in that aspect. And then knowing that they're inside, they're good. And then going out and playing, it's just, all right, it's a breeze. I mean, it's definitely going to be tough, but it's like, now you don't have to worry about anything. And you had those hiccups where like some friends or family were having issues and you're like, oh, I just want to watch the game and enjoy it. But you're trying yeah. to make sure they're taken care of. Yeah, uh, I get that. I get that. It's part I of can't it. even imagine like, yeah. in your hometown. Doing, I didn't even, that didn't even connect until you just said that. <laughs> So, yeah, it was uh, it was wild, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. You were playing yeah. free. That playoff, that playoff money just went straight to tickets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, had to, rooms. <laughs> we had to realize that we, we can't make everyone happy. If we try to, then someone's gonna be pissed off. Yeah. So, <laughs> we just we set a limit, like, hey, you guys work it out. We'll give y'all this. We'll give y'all that. And like, now y'all go. <laughs> then we we gotta work. <laughs> And the other thing I want to ask you too, so we've been able to teach some Bible study as well um, for college kids. And so what do you think was the most impactful thing that we have, kids, getting broken do. Into we have kids do? Yeah, we are getting broken into by Reed Holiday. He just knows this is happening and he's just being loud back there. But anyway, I guess my question is, is like out of all the studies that you did with Jake, was there anything that really stood out that you think Matt and I should teach the kids because college is such a tough time. And you guys were sharing earlier that you guys went to two different schools, even though you're in the same town, there's still like a long distance, like element to your dating story that, you know, yeah. y'all ultimately ended up at the altar. And so I guess here's my, it's kind of a broad question. I just want to pick your brain since we're, we're dealing with college kids at this point right now is like, what sorts of things do you feel like are valuable to teach college athletes and also like what kind of advice would you give in in dating and pursuing um your future spouse so mm -hmm. that's a lot so that was a lot good luck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i kind of got distracted with the burglar back there <laughs> i think for jake i think uh matt touched on it was just his he's just so intentional right just the first time you meet him He's genuine. He really yeah. cares. He wants to ask questions. He wants to know about you. He's not telling you, hey, he could have told you that he has a, a really successful commercial real estate company back in Houston and that he knows X, Y, and Z. You know, his brother-in-law's Lance. He, you know, he could have done all that stuff, but he leaves that out and he asks questions about you. And I think that's what was appealing to him and what made me personally go back because we had three people that were led those Bible studies and how in, all intentional they all were. They all cared about, hey, how are you doing? They, they asked those questions. And so you felt safe. You felt comfortable. It wasn't a, I'm a tiptoe in here. And, you know, they might look at me because I was late or, you know, I had a couple beers last night. Right. It's like they just loved you for who you were and that, that they want to get to know you. So I think that was the biggest thing for me. Yeah. That's and that good. was never something I had through college for like that group of friends or just like mentors and I didn't get introduced to that until you know dating Anthony and getting to know those guys there at Rice so that's something I wish I had yeah at HBM yeah. yeah yeah and then what about dating what was that like for you guys like mm -hmm. what what would you I mean you don't have to tell us all of your business but what what did you do bad and what did you do great oh gosh <laughs> there was more bad than great <laughs> the bad might be a lot longer than you did. <laughs> We were two completely different individuals back then. At least I was for sure. Yeah. I feel like we were both really selfish and just 
yeah prideful and not worried about the other person yeah there's just there's so much i think <laughs> a lot. i think what we did was we gave in to society right we gave yeah. in to what everyone else thought the cool thing was 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 happening right and so we wanted to go there we went out here we did what we wanted there and then unknowingly we ended up pushing each other away mm -hmm. and so there was other opportunities over here so you know we we, we ended up drifting away basically and I think that was the worst part about it is that instead of focusing on each other and how we are now is realizing that the more selfless we are as a couple, as we're married, the happier than both of us we're going to be because we're going to be focused on trying to make each other happy. Mm -hmm. Where growing up, obviously hormones are going crazy between 18 <laughs> and 22. It's going to be tough to do to not follow your desires or whatever is tugging at you. And I think that's kind of like a big key that I ended up learning as I got yeah. older. And if like we say this now, like a crisis in the center of your life before you start dating, I mean, it's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. Those wounds are just yeah. going to get worse. Like yeah. we're still healing from wounds that we did to each other when yeah. we were, when we yeah. were dating yeah. because Christ wasn't at the center of our lives. But like, fortunately that now that we are trying to pursue him on a daily basis. You know, we get a lot of days wrong, and but we get some days right. But when we are on that page, we realize that we are the happiest when we are doing that. And we know how to talk to each other and not to where it brings up a memory or a wound that we, ha we had dealt with each other back when we were 20 years old. Yeah, that's interesting. I love how you y'all articulated that whole thing. That was good. I'm so glad I asked you that question. <laughs> <laughs> The, the five minute question. Yeah, it was really the five minute question really worked because that was really good. I think you're right. I mean, I think the root of all issues, like, and we've talked about this before, it's it truly is selfishness. It's truly like, and it is like Christ just kind of moves a little bit to the left or the right and isn't the center of of a dating relationship or certainly mm -hmm. marriage. But I, I agree with you totally. Like when Matt and I are going really good those are the things that are also being applied in our family is like, Jesus is the center. And I am trying to, I, I'm not as selfish. Right. And I try mm -hmm. to serve Matt, try to serve my kids, try to serve the Lord ultimately by loving everyone that he's given me well. And so yeah. I, you. that's, that's good. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this past year. You had a lot of injuries and adversity, what was that like? What what did you learn from this past year, both maybe good and bad about yourself that um, going through injuries and having kids and, and a lot of things going on? What what are some things that, that you've learned in the last year? Man, it was a uh, it was a lot. Those first couple of months, uh, April and May were tough, uh, obviously from a physical side. Cause I had never been hurt on a continuous basis like that. So I've had injuries in the past, but it's always been you know, a broken ankle or, or a, a broken ankle three times, or it's been, I, I tweaked my knees to where I was out for, for 80 games, but it was never where, all right, my hamstring, you know, I pulled my hamstring, then I pulled my quad, then I smoke a ball off my knee, then I pulled my adductor. So it was weird and I didn't understand why. And it was frustrating because as I've gotten older, I prided myself in trying to take care of my body and cleaning up my health and making sure that none of this would happen, right? And so I was, I was always just thinking, well, what the hell? Like, I was thinking about me. I was thinking selfishly, why is this happening to me? Uh, you know, I'm on a new team. I am you know need to be successful. I need to live up to the hype, whatever it might be. And then all the thoughts just started pouring in, pouring in, pouring in. I'm like, well, what the hell? Why am I doing this? It's just it's eating me alive. And I know sometimes I would bring it back home or at night when I would come back home with the kids and I would just be not in a fog, but just not in the greatest mood. Right. But uh, I didn't really understand when they would say, oh, you're going to forget all about it when your kids are come running up to you at the door. I'm like, yeah, that was the greatest thing ever because they like made me happy. Right. And so, but not with the wife sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, she never answered the door to me. It was no, that's what I, I tell Leslie all the time. Like my dog shakes his tail. Like, do I need to shake my tail? <laughs> if, I, if, I, if Matt, yeah, Duke is really impressive when you. Go ahead. Home. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. And so it was definitely a struggle for a while, but uh, leaning on so many people that 
I trust and I believe in that, know that we're on the same path of trying to pursue a relationship with Christ, having that accountability, having that community and being able to share, you know, what I'm going through or share it with somebody that I, I can relate with, right? Or somebody who's been with it before. I could talk to her about it. Like, oh, I you know my quad is this and that, but she never had an injury. She doesn't know. She could help out emotionally and you know, be there for support, but she's not going to tell me how to get back or how to fight through it. So leaning on so many people, uh, especially the individual, Joe, that married us, who was the FCA guy at Rice, he now runs our foundation. So he's he's been a huge help in just that whole process of getting me through that and realizing that, well, God will use me, whether I'm successful or whether I'm unsuccessful. And it just sucks more because as men, as as competitors, we want to be used when we are being successful. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks when we are not successful, we can still be used at the same time. And I always use the uh, the Lance Berkman story when uh, they're playing the Cardinals. It was in 05 and he had the opportunity before Pujols hit the homer, right? And you probably heard the story. He's like, just, you know, I won't, I'll stop doing this. I'll give you all the glory. And he ends up striking out. And then Pujols comes up and hits the homer, and then he's eating dinner after the game, and Pujols is over there, you know, praising God on TV in the interview. And he's like, well, he doesn't – he didn't need to use me. He can use anybody he wants. Mm-hmm. And so our failures are probably just as important as us being successful. And that's what I learned this year. <laughs> that's good. That is so good. And it's so true. And we feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we talk about adversity and and – that's just one interruption, thing. like life interruption. The game yeah. will give you that. Your health will give you that. Like, I think it's just, that's tough. That's tough, but it's good. You know? Yeah. Interesting. So you, you talked about Lance. You talk about, like, tell me, tell me your favorite Rice story and Wayne Graham story, because I've heard, <laughs> I've heard some of Lance's Wayne Graham stories and they make my stomach hurt. I'm laughing so hard. So. <laughs> Well, he's a great storyteller, you know. That. You <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot that I love, but I'm assuming this is would be a more of a PG-13 podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure why we own this. Nobody, we don't have any sponsors, so we could always put, hey, you know, warning. So go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll tell you my favorite one, and it was my freshman year. Um, it was the opening series. We went to Cal Poly. Uh, we went to California, played them. <clears throat> One of uh, my good buddies I grew up with, played with growing up, um, ended up, was a pitcher for us, left-handed guy. I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> but he was struggling, right? And he was supposed to be the top prospect. You know, he was going to get drafted, X, Y, and Z, the whole nine. And he, he just had no feel that day on the mound. I think it was the second game of the season where – He's spiking fastballs. He's he's throwing curveballs, you know, over the catcher. Everything's hitting the backstop. And so it might have been the third inning. He comes, we come in after uh, from defense. He's sitting at the corner of the dugout, and our assistant coach comes on by. He goes, "What is wrong with you? Like, are you like get your clean it up, basically?" And um, his head's down in in his glove. He's like, "Ah, oh, just so much going on, coach. My my girlfriend broke up with me." Uh, just not having a good day. I just don't feel it. He goes, you me? He said, what? And Coach Graham hears it from the other side of the dugout. He goes, what did he say? He starts doing his little wobble as he's walking down the dugout. He goes, his girlfriend broke up, broke up with you. Oh, so no. Coach Graham comes down. He gets in his kid's face. He goes, did she take her with her? Oh, gosh. And that was, crazy. It was crazy. I felt sorry for him. I felt bad, but uh, it was. It's great to talk about now. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I I've heard. Yeah, Lance, as you know, his storytelling and the one when uh, we we came out to get into it. But those, some of the Wayne Graham stories are some of my favorite stories ever. It's amazing what can what can be said to players then versus what can be said to players now. You know what I mean? Like or how far you can push situations then versus now. I mean, I kind of like the old school way of doing stuff. <laughs> you still can. People are just too sensitive these days. Yeah, it's more entertaining for for us, for sure. 
that's really funny. I have a nerdy hitting question. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you hit 388 and then 394 in practice. What? He's real hung up on this, Anthony. No, that's, that's really unbelievable. Like he, like he was a freshman, the yeah. sophomore. <laughs> like Lance's, Lance's numbers were stupid too. But anyways, um, when you were like, who, who taught you how to hit? And you, you have a, a little bit of an unorthodox load. Like if you were just watching or teaching a kid, where did you learn how to hit? Well, how, who would you say, and, and who do you lean on now when you're hitting and maybe your swing fills off? Talk yeah. to me about your hitting mechanics because I love hitting mechanics. And, and do you want to come to Oklahoma State and work with <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Oklahoma State hitters? You can work with me and then I'll work with the hitters. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think what was, what's weird about it is no one's a toe tap or put down first, you know, hitter anymore. And that was the first thing that I remember learning when I was younger. Um, by the name of Willie Ainsley, he was the Astros sixth or seventh pick, overall pick in 88. Um, from Plainview, Texas, and he was my coach basically from about age nine or 10. Yeah. Uh, he was coaching our select league team. So we were having, there's a lot of daddy ball, little league ball going on in select league back then. And so a lot of the parents, including my dad, were saying, why are we playing this, you know, Joe's kid? Because Joe's kid sucks. He's making us lose the game. But it was the dad's coaching, basically. And he's like, well, look, we need to get another coach who's not biased. And it ended up being Willie. And he stuck with me through all through high school and even till today. Like he'll, if he sees me slumping or whatever, he, he still looks up online. He'll say, hey, what's going on? He'll check in on me. Uh, I'll, I'll at least try to go see him once in the off season. He he lives on the other side of town though. It's so far. We saw him about a month ago. Yeah, he actually yeah. came over when we first got back. Um, we had dinner at the house, but um, he's been great. He's been my baseball mentor, is what I call him. Uh, he taught me how to play the game, how to play it right, and basically how to hit. So, I, my hitting has not changed since I was that young. Wow, that's incredible. Like our boys, our older boys play baseball too. And Matt says it all the time. Like when Jackson was little, like really little, how old, like three or so, um, Jackson's hitting downstairs in, in the basement of the house that we were living in. And Matt was in a slump and he was like, he watched Jackson hit and he thought, <laughs> man, he's got really good mechanics. And so it is kind of interesting that you say I'm that. I'm like asking a three-year-old, I'm like, what are you thinking about your front hip right there? <laughs> what are you, are, what, are you trying to stay inside the ball or you're just naturally inside it? I'm like, no. <laughs> That's what I was thinking though. I'm like, how is he getting inside the ball so easily? And like, I'm like imitating him. I'm like, this is incredible. But, but I, yeah. do think, like, I do think if people are listening what? to this, here's, here's my, here's okay. my like, observation. <laughs> My hitting Are you ready? Are you ready for a hitting observation? <laughs> so I think that there's wisdom in being confident even when things worked for you when you were young. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I do think that there's a temptation right now because there's so much media and like social media and so many hitting gurus and so many, so many things out there that you don't really trust the gifts that God's given you and the approach that you're comfortable with because you're trying to be somebody else. And I yeah. think that there is wisdom in being with somebody at such a young age. And if that works for you, then that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, you I don't think have to go like reaching for as natural as possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I think what a lot of people don't realize or neglect is God gave us a brain too. So like we can use our brain to make an educated decision instead of just going off of you know emotion because everything's what does your heart say? What does this say? Well. There needs to be reason in there too. There's a reason yeah. why we have a brain. We can use it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nobody uses their brain anymore. I know. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you guys talk hitting on the angels? Is does do you guys talk about hitting mechanics at all? Or is that a pretty Yeah. And um to be honest, with you, I'm a I Check hate mechanics. Yeah. I'm off. I have to be all feel. Yeah. I just can't. I think maybe there might be a, a cue that I can look for yeah. in uh, in hitting, but if someone starts saying mechanical or mechanics, I just you check out. Check out. Shut yeah, <laughs> but I know it's beneficial. It, it it helps a lot, but I just I can't. I think because there's not many toe. When who was the last toe yeah. tapper? Michael Young. Yeah, he put the toe down, and so no one does it anymore. So it's gonna be like someone trying to teach me 
how to toe tap when all they do is leg kick or I'm going to try to teach some, I can't teach somebody how to leg kick. Yeah. I know how to weight distribute, but I can't teach someone how to leg kick. Yeah. So. Any, him, uh, any more hitting questions? No, I'm done with the hitting questions. <laughs> you can ask your question. Okay, you too. This has been my new favorite question it's lately. It's not that new. It feels new. No, I get not, excited yeah, every time like, I get to ask it. I, you've done just, it. I, I've heard a couple podcasts, so if I've heard the question, it's oh, not new. That's not new. Yeah, it's probably like <laughs> she's asked it like ten or twelve times. Go ahead. Okay, if you could, if you could witness any, have you heard this one? If you could witness any miracle in the Bible, what would it be and why? I haven't. No, I haven't. So it, maybe it's it is pretty new. new. <laughs> I want to go. I'm going to go uh, this second one, the water and the wine. So I'm on a big bourbon craze right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I just love like taste them, trying new ones. So I have like a million bottles, but they're all like half full, most full, because I'll just try a little bit of everything. Right. And I think the magnitude of being at that wedding. Have y'all seen The Chosen, by the way? Have y'all been watching yeah, The Chosen? I, I've, I've seen that episode. I've watched parts of it. So I think that gives like a, like a picture-perfect just viewpoint. You have like the the two sides that are the families that are completely different. One's just raging, just obnoxious that wants the great wine and the other ones are just so humble, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can see the tension or just try to view the tension when you're reading it and like the magnitude of like oh crap we ran out of wine like this cannot happen and then he just nah just 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 go pour that you'll be good yeah yeah it's hard to pick just one because it's like saying one is more significant than the other like they're nah, all... you're, you're no you're I using your don't... brain too much now <laughs> <laughs> okay i do that a lot well i think there's some that that touch our hearts in different seasons of our lives you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so anyway the word of god's alive and active you still got pick one though I don't know which one I would pick. <laughs> I really don't. Because then I start overthinking the question. This is what we go through when we ask each other, hey, what do you want to eat tonight? My <laughs> brain, yes, yeah. That's different than his. Well, I gave you about five five choices, and you didn't pick one. Well, I limited to three now. Now you yeah. choose. Yeah. yeah. Give her an either or. Now you're down to two. Yeah. Well, that's a better option, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like the water into wine as well. And I think too, like when I think about that miracle, oftentimes I think about Jesus like foreshadowing this, like I'm a, I'm about, you have no idea what I'm preparing for you. Mm -hmm. Like this, that I'm coming here so you can, you can be um, in eternity with me forever and ever and ever. And that celebration is going to be like nothing you can possibly imagine. And so for me, I think about, about just like God's first miracle or Jesus's first miracle was this this miracle of celebration and provision for the celebrate celebration and I don't know I think about that's what I think about when I think about the water to wine deal I think sometimes we underestimate she's in seminary so she thinks about these things pretty deep I do, I do. but sometimes I think we underestimate like what God has for us in eternity you know and I think sometimes we live too small on this side um, because we just can't, we just can't fathom what the Lord has for us in eternity and the kind of wine we're going to be drinking there. And I hope for you, there's a little bourbon. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it's going to go, but I, I can guarantee it's going to be an amazing celebration. All right. I'll ask my last question. You probably heard this one because it's kind of an original. <laughs> so it's called Table 40, as you guys know. And if you guys had a table tonight, and mm -hmm. this is going to be, I mean, this is going to be tough because I'm going to tell you, you can pick what food you're having. So you can start thinking about that one, <laughs> Amanda, you can start thinking about the food, but who are six or 10, eight people that you would have there could be past, deceased, current. And we heard you like history. So it could be someone from the history channel. Yeah. Your Wikipedia oh. says you like history better than baseball. I do. He does. Yeah. Um, so you got six or eight people and what are you having? You got a big dinner tonight. Who, what do we got? Or in a I few weeks. You had a few yeah, you, you didn't answer the last one. So you got to answer this one first. When I said dinner, I would want a good steak. You got to pick people too, unless you want to eat by yourself. You can start naming people. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking. Still thinking about food. Nice. Man. Oh, 60. Okay. I'm going to go. 
I got to go Mexican food, I think, because we just don't have it really? during the season. Mexican? Yeah. I think I'm still on a Mexican food craze. We didn't have it in D.C. There's no yeah. Mexican food in D.C. No Mexican's going to go that far up north. Yeah. And, and then, it's just bougie in Cali, so it's just not Yeah, <laughs> you, get, you get avocado toast in California. Avocado so. toast is pretty good. It is good. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh, Mexican. I never thought about that as Mexican food, though. No. Yeah. No. So it's just like you can't. Uh, they try to upscale everything, right? You can't upscale fajitas, <laughs> you know, like beans and rice. You can't make that into a twenty dollars dip. You just can't. They can. They can. Well, they can. <laughs> At Javier's, they can make Javier's. They can do that. Oh, yeah. That's true. So you do Mexican. I do steak. Yeah. Okay. I think. Uh, steak. Oh, go ahead. There you go. Yeah. Well, no, like. <laughs> I mean. Go ahead. I, I, I guess. The what? That's like what he does. Oh, skirt shake? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I need. First one that comes to my mind, I need Abe Lincoln because you can't be honest, Abe, and be honest. Yep. I, I just got to pick your brain on that one. Anybody that gets shot in the back of the head, you got to. Yeah. You got to be something, something legit about you. I'd be really Mexican then and say Selena. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to leave we'll this conversation. <laughs> I mean, J Lo did really a great job on that movie. So it did cry every time I watch it. It's still really do. A movie. Really a good movie. You know, another great Mexican movie is La Bamba. It's a great. Yeah. Movie. yeah it's up there. Yeah. It's up there. No. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Selena, Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Hey, Lincoln, I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need my buddy Joe, who runs our foundation yeah. for great conversation. Um, hmm. See, this is the pressure too, because the two it's, episodes that I watched, I watched I watched Tori and uh, and Daniel, mm-hmm. and Daniel, of course, he's gonna have a baseball table, yeah. and he threw me on there. Ooh, and so I'm you like, of all people? Yeah, so I'm like, I can't leave Daniel out because then I'll feel like a terrible <laughs> So I'm going to invite Daniel. Tori can stay at the house, though. Um, I love Tori. Well, put her on your table, then. Okay, then we'll add her to my list. She's great. <laughs> I talk to her all the time. Uh, she's always a fun time. Oh, my gosh. She mine, cracks me up. I'm going to be a guy's table. Okay. Hmm. That's what, four? So I had an old guy. I got a baseball guy. I got my buddy. And mm-hmm. I think that's it. That's the only one that comes to my mind. <laughs> I'm really close knit. I don't like too many people around yeah. me. So. And he says I have no friends. So. Yeah. <laughs> you played basketball when you were younger, right? No old basketball players? Yeah, but. Ooh, I don't I'm know. surprised you didn't say that. There's a couple, the only you know, ones that really, so I've, you can like see how they end up, right? Yeah. And so after basketball yeah. in their retired life, and some of them don't end up too great. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, do I, do I invite the, the old player basketball guy or the retired drug yeah, addict? Yeah, no, you can have him in current, current or what he was playing. You can invite him <laughs> playing. All right, That's I think the rules. Yeah. Who have I on? What is his name uh, on Doug Dynasty? This oh is really gosh. corny. Sai. Sai from Doug Dynasty. It's really corny, but I could just <laughs> love to sit at a table and like listen to him for hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's he say? Like that's a that's a fact, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact, Jack. He would make that's a great show. Yeah, with his iced tea. With his iced tea. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, my basketball player. I think it would either be. Rafer Austin. Oh, oh wow. So like I grew up on that like in the mid nineties, obviously where and one was like yeah. legit. Yeah. So I was I grew up playing more basketball than baseball. So I just watched and one twenty four seven and he ended up becoming in the NBA. Ironically playing for, yeah, playing for the Rockets. So it was fun kind of just watching him you know, come from the streets or whatever, that style of basketball and actually be able to have a successful career. That's good. So, yeah, my, table, my list is short. 
I'm not exclusive. A more intimate gathering. So yeah, better that way. (laughs) It is because you can really talk to people. We love loved having people over when Matt played. We still do. I mean, we still we always have people over. We're kind of that house, you know, where you just never know who's coming over. Mm -hmm. So, because like you said earlier, I mean, I feel like building relationships around a dinner table is exactly what that's what the that's what the the scripture's about like that's the gospel Mm -hmm. be able to build relationships so maybe we'll have an opportunity someday to have a conversation that um may lead to following jesus i mean but i don't think we do that without building relationships so Mm -hmm. that's good and i would i love your tables selena <laughs> Selena, sorry. Selena and sorry. <laughs> this is great. It's so random. We're just simple people down here. Perfect. We love it. We've we had all it. kinds of tables. Mm-hmm. We love it. Has anybody asked y'all that question in a? Yeah. We, um, we, yeah. We uh we usually go with teammates. So we go like the Wainwrights, uh, the Bertmans, uh. Rocky, some like Ryan Spielborgs. I don't know if you know who he is. He does their TV. Um, who yeah. else did we say? Skip Schumacher. Oh, you know yeah. Skip? Yeah. yeah. Skip and Lindsay. So I, I just feel like when you're done playing, you have all these old teammates that you never get to spend the time that you want to because you just, you know, life and everything else happens. Yeah. yeah. We could go on vacation with like six or seven of our favorite past teammates for four days. It'd be a good time. That'd be our... Our, yeah. Well, how old are y'all's kids? 17, 14, 11, and 8. Well, y'all are getting there. They can take care of the house by themselves, huh? Yeah. They could. They've got it. They've been doing it a lot lately. Yeah. Jackson could. He's a better <laughs> parent than we are, our oldest. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just learns from the mistakes because he sees them. So he knows what like, to do like, one night. Where is Reed? And I'm <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I don't know. He's like, when's the last time you saw him? I'm like, yesterday i don't know <laughs> i feel like that's how we're gonna be here soon yeah like scolding us like, yeah like, he's fine relax yeah he's <laughs> but is it true that after you have two kids like the more you keep adding it just doesn't matter anymore you're just like whatever yeah you know <laughs> I, I think so i mean i honestly think so like after jackson and ethan it did get like well you just feel it feels I think there's a lot of things I think it's kind of a layered deal like it feels more natural to y'all because you're used to chaos I think going from zero to one is the hardest and then two you're like okay I'm overwhelmed but then when you have three it's like you you have a system that kind of works for y'all and I think especially for us like understanding how to communicate we were terrible at it when we had just one like yeah awful like I thought you talk about being selfish. I mean, that's a podcast for another day. Like I was selfish. Matt was way more selfish than I was. (laughs) But it was a bad combination going from zero to one. And then we had two and we were better communicators and we kind of had a a pretty good rhythm. And then when we had three, we were on the same page. When we had our first one, he had colic really bad and cried all the time. So yeah, that that spikes the emotional. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and then the second one, Ethan was, was easy he baby. Was a dream. Yeah. So that made it a lot easier. If we'd have had two Jacksons, we could just have two we would kids, just have two kids. <laughs> but yeah. the, the middle two were super easy. And so, yeah. And then Reed was hard. Yeah. Yeah. So but it'll be great. here in a couple of weeks, you guys are going to be <laughs> all caught up. Yep, You'll have four year- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a full family. It's going to be great. And I would say this, here's my great, here's my last piece of advice. You were about to say great. Huh? Your great piece of advice, go ahead. <laughs> I was about to say great. It might be. The only type of advice she has. You have to ask for help. Like, and, and it's so weird yeah. with women, you know, like we feel like we have to do things all on our own. And I, or I did, I felt like I've got to do this. Like Matt's working and he's successful. And this is how I contribute to our family is like, I'm a mom and da da da, but my mom didn't work under the conditions that that you and I are are working under. I mean, Matt, logistically, the husbands are gone an awful lot, and so I think I made a big mistake um, being so prideful, thinking that I had to take care of everything on my own, 
And um, I didn't ever ask for help. I did towards the end, like once we had, mm-hmm. but it took me too long to learn that. So I always like to tell mm-hmm. people, be sure you I'm still on that stage. So yeah, he gets me all the time. <laughs> My thought process yeah. is like both of our grandparents had six children and nine children. And then, you know, they lived in a two bedroom house. So I'm like, we can't complain. <laughs> our grandparents did it, you know, back in the old days. Yeah, and both of our parents come from big families on both sides, and so like they didn't have any money, and we have no. Yeah, but they probably had family around and people that would kind of fill in some gaps, and then older kids were helping with younger kids, and yeah, yeah all, that, all of that, you know. So you're in a different state; it's a little hard to just be like, "Hey, can you come over and you know help out for a few hours?" But yeah, you got to do it, Amanda. You got to. Yeah. I, I need a little help take a shower yeah, we'll probably end up uh my uh my young my little cousin i have a little cousin that lives in dallas she's gonna come down next month mm-hmm. uh to help out a little bit so i can continue to go to rehab in the morning and yeah. so i actually gotta start doing baseball stuff this this off season which sucks yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> all right well, we appreciate you guys coming we know that you've got kids yeah, this is ours right now. She's passed out. Oh, nice. <laughs> right to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> My voice is. <laughs> Sorry it took so long for us to get on. I know we've been trying to do this forever. Oh, I get it. We get it. We totally understand. I, I'm. We just want to. We're just trying to have a cool show, and you guys are cool people. So I get yeah. it totally. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sorry I had to run off. That was embarrassing. I just hope <laughs> y'all didn't hear anything. <laughs> real. Real. <laughs> so funny so funny well, John Houston just holler at us yeah that would be I like Houston I was there a little bit with Ethan this spring he played in a couple of tournaments down there but uh, good old baseball yeah. USA he was with um where, we're at? where was it at oh I don't know I don't know I forgot the comp <laughs> just put it in the map and went there <laughs> exactly yeah I don't know it will take me there they're all running together at this time. <laughs> so anyway, so how old is this little one? She turned three in July. And then our youngest is one and a half. One and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, four under four. Four under three and a half. Four under three and a half, yeah. It's and gonna prayer. be interesting. Oh yeah. We'll need a lot of prayer. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be great. Thank you for listening to Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit sportsspectrum.com.